Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. I'm going to be speaking on the blessing continued, and I'm going to talk about, the the title today is The Abraham Blessing Unraveled. And here's where I'm going to start. In Genesis chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This was a blank. I mean, if, some, if God came to you and just told you, hey, I am going to do such and such and such. I am going to do such and such and for you. Let's say God says to you, hey, I'm going to give you a $100 million by the end of the year. And you get all excited. God says, look, I'm going to promote you and give you this amazing job. Or I'm going to do such and such a thing in your life. That, I mean, an outlandish thing. You're just there minding your own business and then heaven just incurs on your day and says, this is what I'm going to do for you. And then you get so excited. Watch this. I want you to understand that when God makes a blanket statement over a person's life, imagine a blanket poured over a person of goodies, right? When God says, this is what I'm going to do for you, a lot of the times we don't see the in-between from where the announcement is made to where The appointment is made to where it becomes a reality. We see and hear the pronouncement, but we do not see the promotion that takes you from where you are to where you are going to be. So God is talking to a person who has no children. And there were no gynecologists, no surgeons, no doctors, no special kind of pill in those days for them to have a child. The only option when your wife is barren is to go to another person, marry a second or third wife until you have children. It was important in those days for them to have children, especially a male heir in those days. Thank God that is not like that today. But I'm telling you what it was. You need to understand the scenario. So God comes to this man who has no child, and he says to him, I will give you children. (laughs) You will have children. And not only that, through you, all of the earth will be blessed. Huge blanket of blessing. But the details of how this will be unraveled was not given to him. And that's what we want to look at today. I want you to understand that the unraveling of a blessing from God, the unraveling of the blessing of God upon your life as an individual, upon your family, upon a nation, upon a community, upon a people will require a process. And the process is a testing of your faith. The testing of your faith is answered by obedience. Let's take it one step at a time. All right. So God chose Abraham in Genesis 12, as we have seen. 
And then we didn't know that there was, an, there was more to the original blanket of promise that God gave to Abraham. We find out later that there was a condition that was attached to it that wasn't made very clear at the beginning. But as we go along in Abraham's story, if you go to Genesis chapter 17, you see the condition begin to come up. Honestly, I don't know why God chose to do it that way, because you would think, well, he will give you the whole package. But if you look at it throughout, there's a system, it appears, that is in play. God speaks to Joseph in a dream when he was 17 years of age and says he would be great. Joseph is excited about it. He tells his brothers about it. But he didn't realize that he was going to have to go to Egypt. In Egypt, he didn't know he would have to be a slave. He would have to live in Potiphar's house. He would have to be tempted by Potiphar's wife and then go to prison and then from the prison to the palace. I always say, Joseph went from promise, okay, divine promise to Potiphar, from Potiphar to the prison, from the prison to the palace through Pharaoh. You see, there has to be a process. And until you understand that God does things by a process, you will be frustrated, you will be unhappy, you will be depressed, you will be angry. That's why a lot of Christians in our country today, in Canada, are upset and they don't want to be Christians anymore because maybe they were not taught that there is a process, there is a process, there is a process. And so they get depressed because, you see, when we go to the shop uh, to buy the grocery store, we find milk. It's always available. That's why sometimes suffering is a good thing because it helps people appreciate the graces that are poured upon us. And that's why I really believe that in the next couple of years, Canada is going to go through a painful time. There will be an austere time coming upon the country. I know these things people don't like to hear, but the Lord has shown that to me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, we have to really watch out but I know he will take care of his own. That's why you have to know. You know, at the beginning of this COVID-19, I preached a sermon for maybe six or seven weeks on the famine. And I looked at Elijah. We talked about Elijah. Oh, uh, for me, that was a very powerful moment because I learned a lot about famine. And I can tell you that God had been, has been faithful to this ministry. And of course, to many also all out there, he's always faithful. It's now if we will key into the faithfulness of God, that's where it all begins and ends. Okay, so let's continue with this. The process is important to understand that there will, there's a process. It will require to meet that we meet a condition. And I said it's obedience in testing. Let's go to the story of Abraham's own testing for the unraveling of the blessing. Because the blessing was given as a blanket statement, but there has to be an unraveling. So let's go. In Genesis chapter 22. So if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Abraham was not expecting this. This is not part of the deal, God. Okay, how can you do this to me when I waited for 25 years, from 75 years of age to 100 years of age before the promise came to pass? 25 years. Now this kid is 12 years old and you tell me, or 13 or whatever, and you tell me to go and sacrifice him? I want you to understand that Abraham just obeyed. Uh, verse 3. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. I want to say something here. 
When God calls you out, you are a blessed person. You are a Christian and he gives you a difficult task. I'm telling you that that task is not just difficult. It's difficult raised to power too. Can you imagine? God says, go and sacrifice your child. He didn't say sacrifice him down the street. He said, I want you to go three days journey. So three days of thinking about the problem, whether you will do it or not. How would anyone obey over a three-day period of testing? And every Christian will be tested. Let's keep going. <laughs> so they're going three days on into this. It's very important for you to understand. When you see the concept of three days, three days speaks of testing. Jesus was in, the Bible talks about him uh, crucified on the first day, uh, and then he was in the grave on the second day, and then resurrected on the third day. Three days. That's a sign of the prophet Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. There's something powerful about a three-day. When you go through a three-day period in the, in the scheme of the spiritual, in the ordinance of the spiritual, you, get in, you, you, are, you become resurrected uh, from self. Self is one of the biggest problems human beings have. So God made sure that he didn't make it a day journey. He didn't make it a two and a half hours to Brandon journey. He made it a three day journey. Now remember, in those days, you didn't have a Mercedes Benz that you could fly quickly. You had camels or donkeys or horses. So it wasn't as quick as it would have been today. Three days thinking about going to sacrifice your son. I don't want a test like that. But you know what? We are all going to be tested one way or the other. Now let's keep going. So he keeps going uh, in uh, verse 5. He says, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little bit further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Who says a thing like that? He didn't tell the servants, when I'm coming back, I won't come back with the boy. He said, we will worship there. Abraham's faith had been tested. By the third day, he lifted up his eyes and he saw, he said, you know what? If <laughs> I, Maybe he was thinking, after killing the boy, I kill myself. <laughs> so, what? so then we will go and meet God together and we'll have an argument in heaven. Whatever it is, I'm going on with this because I have seen the power of this God, okay? The other thing I want to say, your test you will face alone. And like I'm speaking right now, I have a vision. I see a woman you have been tested. The Lord said I should tell you that your testing is over. You have passed the test and you are about to be promoted. Hallelujah. You will be promoted materially. You will be promoted financially. You will be promoted relationally in the precious name of Jesus. You will also be promoted in the area of ministry. God is opening doors to you. Many people will be saved through your story. Many people will be saved through the anointing. Right now, there's an anointing coming upon you and you can feel it. You are not the same person. You can feel it from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I saw it right now. I don't know your name, but I believe that there's someone there right now receiving the power of the Holy Spirit to go to the next level. Hallelujah. You've been tested and you have passed. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep going. So he goes on to sacrifice his child. And I, I said, you will face your test alone. He said, servants, wait, wait, wait. I don't need anybody to support me. I have to face. He knew it's something he had to face alone. Friends, that test is yours alone to pass, and you will pass it in Jesus' name. All right, Abraham's faith in God was tested, and he passed in flying colors. How do we know that? So let's go to verse 9. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. <laughs> Don't lay a hand on the boy. 
The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. My friends, I need you to see something here. We live in times today when many Christians are saying, oh, you know, uh, God doesn't speak anymore. We can't hear from God. There are evil people pe preaching the doctrine from hell that you cannot hear from God anymore. Who are you to say that God has stopped speaking to his people just because you are taught a false doctrine? Our God is able. And some people are so scared. They say, you know, I don't want to get into error. You are already in error. You, uh, God is your father in heaven. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. The, the, the voice of a thief, the voice of a, uh, they will not hear. Come on, people. How many of you uh, who are grandparents uh, will say that if you are in a room upstairs or in another part of the house, that your little ones will hear your voice? Or those who are parents will say, your little ones will hear your voice and they don't know. We just talked about a little baby girl, Sophia Grace today, who was born. I can and guarantee you in a couple of days she will be turning her head towards where the mom or the dad's voice is because she recognizes their voice. Let me tell you something. I know that I'm reading from the Old Testament, but you go to the New Testament, you would also see that when the early church, the first church of Jerusalem, that's what I call them. I don't say the first Baptist church or the first Methodist church or the first Lutheran church or the first Catholic or whatever church. I say the first church of Jerusalem when the the anointing of God came upon the 120 in the upper um, in the place where they were all staying. The Bible tells me that the church began to explode. The church began to grow. Things were happening. Lives were being saved. These people were tested. They began to hear from God like never before. I want you to understand that the testing of your faith, as the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 3, will produce patience. And it is there that you hear God like you have never heard him before. It may be an audible voice. It may be a voice within your spirit. It may be a sense of a knowing. One way or the other, God knows how to bring his voice through to you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Don't believe people. Don't agree with people who tell you you can't hear from God anymore. Then what is it? What, what are we being Christians for? If all we are Christians for, the book, the Bible that is given to us, if all we do is read it as logos and there's no rhema, in other words, when we read Read the word of God. I've always said that the word, you must take the Bible, you must see the culture, you must see the context, but you must go beyond context to content with the content of the scripture is eternal in nature. And can you quarrel with eternity? No. And the Bible says that he has put eternity in our hearts. When you become born again, you take of the DNA of God. He changes your your, your spirit, man, you become born again, alive to God. Hallelujah. Friends, let's keep going so that we can wrap this up very quickly at some point. In verse 15, the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name <laughs> that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants. I'm talking about the unraveling of the blessing. There was a blanket blessing, but he did not know the process. And God brought him through a process to the point where God now tells him, I will certainly bless you. Certainly. Now he says, when God says certainly, I don't know who can bulldoze God's certainty out of the way. Hallelujah. If there are uncertain times, the certainty of the certain God will have arrived to certainly crush the uncertainty 
Hallelujah. He says, I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. My goodness. He says, he says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed my voice. Are Abraham's descendants righteous? No. Are they perfect? No. Are they flawed? Yes. Do they misbehave? Yes. But God says, I don't bless because of misbehavior. I bless because of my choice. I don't bless because of flaws. I bless because of my choice. I don't bless because people know which way to go. I bless because I have made a decision to bless and I am sovereign. Nobody can change that. He said, I swear by my own name. My goodness, does God need to swear? But he goes I says, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. You know, somebody said one time, a minister of God that I do respect, he said the angels in heaven were saying to God, he got up from his throne and said, I'm about to swear. He said, no, 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 you are the one who says swear not by heaven or by earth. He said, no, no, leave me alone. Michael and Gabriel, I will swear <laughs> because I am God. My goodness. Why did God get to this point? He said, I got to this point because, look at it. He said in verse, uh, uh, verse 18, he says, all because you have obeyed me. He said, I will do this. All because you have obeyed me. All because you have obeyed me. I want to say this to you. Look at some scriptures I will give you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, that all those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we're going to be persecuted as Christians. People will not like you because you follow Jesus. So you've got to be ready for that. In Psalm 66 verse 12, the Bible says you have caused men to ride over our heads. You have brought us into a net. You have laid affliction on our loins, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. Psalm 66 verse 12. And in Job chapter 23 verse 10, it says, but he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. I will come out as pure as gold. Friends, will you pass your test in order that you come out as pure as gold? Don't ask me why God chooses to test. If you ask me that question, I'll say, well, why do the government choose to test you before they give you a driver's license to drive on the highway, on the road or whatever? You need to have a driver's license. But then they don't just hand it to you, they test you. I'll tell you why the test is important. Number one, the testing of our faith produces patience according to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. Patience is a necessary quality for the miraculous to happen. Those who don't have patience cannot unravel the mysteries of God. It's like prayer. If you only pray for one minute every day in your life, you will never see miracles. And I'm talking of real miracles. There has to be, it's not like your prayer pays God. No, it's a journey. <laughs> you have to travel in the realm of the spirit to the wellspring of the miraculous. Secondly, because faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what keeps us and aligns us to God's purposes in our lives. Our faith can only grow by testing. The muscles of our faith grow by testing. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus asked the question. He said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? Finally, I want to say that without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. We are done and we cannot procure heaven's breakthrough on earth. Rare faith produces rare encounters. Rare faith produces rare encounters, which produce rare miracles. So those who choose to extend themselves into the calling of God, into what God tells them to do, will experience what others call rare. 
okay? And they will end up producing rare miracles. I was talking with my wife the other day and we we're talking about when we got married, February, 1996, February uh, 17, 1996. We were, uh, we had just gotten to our home. <laughs> we didn't have money for a honeymoon or all that stuff. Where so uh, everything was just like all we had was on the wedding. So we basically honeymooned at home until later when we had some funds, we were able to you know travel somewhere. But we went to uh, we went out to buy meat. We went to the butcher shop, and uh, the guy looked at us. We were just I think a day or two married, and we said let's go get some 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 beef. So we went and we parked our car and we walked, and uh, we were talking to this gentleman, and he we saw this nice piece of beef, a uh, nice cut. And we asked him uh, how much he said, I said, Oh, that's too expensive. You know, he said, no, 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 no. He reduced the price for us for some reason. And he said, uh, take it, go home. And uh, if you don't have money now, you can bring it, <laughs> you can bring it uh, another day. I said, but you don't even know us. You know, he said, no, I know you'll bring the money. I have never, those are some of the things I have experienced and things in my life that don't make sense. Just, just, just don't make sense. I can go on with miracle after miracle. And uh, we, we didn't have enough for that particular piece, but we could have decided to buy something. But he said, no, take it, keep the money you have, buy other things. And then we told him, oh, we just got married uh, yesterday or day before or something like that. We got married on a Saturday. So I think it was on a Monday that happened. But here, here's the thing. Things like that remind me that we are a blessed people. And friends, as a believer, like I've said before, you are blessed. But we've got to key in in order to see the power of God flow in our life the way he wants it to. Here's what we need to remember. Obedience is very important. When God gives you an instruction, obey. If the Lord is telling you, give such and such to such and such a person, don't hold back. If the Lord is saying, go to such and such a thing. You know, sometimes you say, I don't know how he's speaking to me, but he, he comes back. God will put something in your heart and it, you can't shake it off. If you try to put it away, it comes back and you never know. But when we obey, we are, we, we are going to be amazed at what God will do. We're going to be amazed just in obeying God. There's so much that will happen. And the first obedience we need to obey when it comes to God is that the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 that God commands everyone to repent. And what repentance does is that it turns you from your own way to God. And if you are listening to me today, you've never repented of your sins. You've never come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Or you're looking and saying, those Christians are hypocrites. Those Christians are not perfect. Yes, we are, we're never supposed to be perfect from day one. We are on a journey. There's a process. And God is working in us from here to there. You can be part of that journey today. And the good thing about it, the good news about it is that when you get saved and you become a believer and you follow Jesus, when you die and live this world, you are granted eternal rest with the Almighty God. There are many who don't believe that, but I can tell you that it starts from here. The experience believers have of the joy of the living God, it can be yours today. And you can have victory over anxiety, over fear, over depression, over loneliness, if you will allow Jesus into your heart today. All you have to do is to believe that he died for your sins and let him take residence in your life. If you have prayed a prayer today, if you've just repented of your sins, actually, let's do that together. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sin. I repent of my sins. Have mercy upon my soul. I believe you died and resurrected for me. Make me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in um, John chapter 1, verse 12, that to as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become children of God, to become the sons and, and including the daughters of God. So you are a child of God from the moment you make that prayer, that commitment. Now, it's your responsibility to now follow up with that. But the Lord will continue to speak to you 
If you made that prayer, if you said that prayer and you'd like to contact us, just go to joyfoundchurch.com, send us a message. We'll send you a gift. We'll send you this little book. And if this is your first time also, we'll send you this book. And we'll also send you more information to help you in your work with God. You can begin a journey with God right now. You have begun. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.